Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. friends, future friends, haters, and ex-lovers. Welcome to the first episode of Crimes of the Heart. I'm your host, Rory Uphold, a girl who's had her heart ripped out so many times, it's honestly a medical miracle it still beats. I've seen more skeletons in closets than I care to admit, making me the perfect person to help navigate us through the perilous and often ruthless landscape that is modern love. This is a sex-positive podcast covering all aspects of love, dating, and relationships. We're here to entertain, potentially educate, and make you feel less alone in your own romantic journey, wherever you may be. Today, we have a shocking crime that gets right to the heart of what this podcast is all about. And thankfully, my guest host is here to help me break down the facts of this case. I am joined by a special guest. She's a multi-hyphenate that was raised on the internet. An actress, an author, a writer of some very exciting upcoming TV projects, and the former host of What A Day podcast on Crooked Media. I'm talking about none other than my friend, Miss Akila Hughes. A quick disclaimer. Our episodes deal with serious incidents and triggering subject matter. If you feel like at any point you need support, please do not hesitate to grab a cocktail, share this with a friend, or contact us with your own stories. We are here to listen and liberate. Contact information can be found in the show notes. The names in the following episode have been changed to protect the innocent and the guilty. I'm here for a one night stand. How many fucking times do I have to tell you, buddy? I've never had one. I want to have one. I want to have a good time. Not a long time. Let me fucking go. It's been eight years. Eight? Eight years. This is Dylan, a 30-year-old dental hygienist who found herself the victim of a stage five clinger with a shocking secret. This is a story about the audacity, in all caps, of a man and a one-night stand. Get out there and get some strange ass. 
Our story takes place in Chicago in 2015 when Dylan is 22 years old. I have to preface that this is my my one and only one night stand. I've been like a serial monogamous my whole life. Like I just start hooking up with someone and then we date or get married. And that's just how things go. Which is not to say that she hasn't wanted casual flings. I don't want to sound like a bitch about it, but they just try and fucking date me. But this time would be different. Recently single and ready to mingle, Dylan was determined to have some no strings fun. I had just gotten out of a three year long relationship. And I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta get out there. But I was nervous because I don't want to be like murdered. Relatable. Dylan wrangles some girlfriends for a night out on the town to scope out possible one night stand candidates. They're out at a bar when Dylan locks eyes with the bartender a good-looking 20-something named Reese. He was hot. He was really hot. I thought he was, like, fine. I'm really attracted to people who don't look like me. He had dark skin and dark eyes. And he had really beautiful, like, striking features. Very intense jaw, you know? He had been flirting with Dylan for a while when her friends decided they wanted to do another round of shots. We were all taking shots and I didn't want to take any more. And I said, can you make mine a water? And he said, sure. One shot of water coming up. He was just like sweet and hot. He gave me a water shot and I was like, okay, this man knows what he's doing. In Dylan's mind, Reese was the perfect candidate for a hookup. You choo-choo choose me? So she returns to the bar the next week without her friends. He's behind the bar, so I go up and sit up on a stool at the bar. And there was no one else at the counter, so it was just me. So it was like, clearly I'm here for you. And only you. You gotta know me. And he does. He came over and he's like, hey, you again. Dylan orders a margarita, and the two flirt while Reese makes drinks. He's basically next to me the whole night. He's like making drinks, but then he always circles back. Plus, the bar has a few small bites that you can order from, and he brought me all of them for free. So I was like, oh, we're courting. (laughs) We love a snack. So I'm like, I've got it. We're good. At this point, Dylan feels confident that Reese is not a murderer. I was like, okay, he's not crazy. Seems cool. He's trying to feed me, give me water. Then, Reese asks Dylan if she wants to hang out. And I was like, yeah, I do. Instead of clocking out, Dylan watches Reese walk over to his manager and ask him to cover his shift. After a brief exchange, the manager agrees on the condition that Reese promises to come back later. I thought that he was just like off work. No, he left in the middle of his shift. Dylan and Reese leave the bar. Dylan thinks they're headed to Reese's place, but instead he suggests that they walk next door to another bar to grab a drink. Dylan expresses that she's interested in something casual, but agrees to grab another drink. 
basically, I realized very quickly into like him leaving his job that he was like trying to really get to know me. And it wasn't like a, what I thought a one night stand, which was like, we're going back to your place right now. I'll see you later. They order a round of drinks. And Reese starts introducing Dylan to his friends, who coincidentally also happened to be at the bar. He was introducing me to friends immediately at the second bar, and we were like hanging out with his buddies. That's when I was like, oh wow, you're really bringing me into the fold very quickly. Reese asks her about her life and her goals and what she wants in the future. And I was very clear, like I'm, I'm not looking for anything. I'm trying to just have fun. I just got out of a relationship. That's why I'm alone at a bar. So I was like excited to just have something easy and fun for the night. So when Reese starts asking more personal questions, Dylan doesn't think much of it because she already clearly communicated that she was not interested in anything beyond hooking up. I remember he was doing very casual things at first of like, like a, a song was playing, I remember him asking me if I liked that band. But that quickly progressed into asking me about like plans for my future, how many kids I want. Dylan notices that Reese is mirroring her interests. After she mentions reading, Reese continues to bring up books and how much he also loves reading. I guess he just came on really strong where I was just kind of rolling with it. He talked about like being young and being married young and how fun and cool that would be. Oh God, that should have been a red flag. But Dylan wasn't looking for red flags because she wasn't looking to date Reese. And with nothing to compare this one night stand to, Dylan was going off of how she felt. And so far, she was having a great night. So, two hours and several drinks later, when Reese asks Dylan if she wants to come back to his place, she says yes. This is all within like a two block radius. He lives across the street. <laughs> so then we, um, we go back to his place. I meet his roommates. He has like three roommates. She's standing in the living room of what is best described as a sad frat house for guys in their mid-twenties. It had carpet, it had gray walls, he had no plants. There was a large, overstuffed, black couch in the middle of the room that looked like it had been sat on by thousands of people, but never been cleaned. There was a TV and little else. But again, I was drunk. I was like, you know what? People have black couches. At that point, people have carpet. Sure, carpet was rough. That was a spooky moment. Dylan and Reese head upstairs to his equally bare and frat-like room. Finally, they stop talking and start hooking up. Finally! But suddenly, Reese's phone explodes with activity. He gets a phone call followed by a text and another immediate phone call. Dylan figures it's his boss calling to get Reese back to work because his phone's blowing up. And I was just like, yeah, your boss is fucking pissed. Whoever the other bartender is, is 
so mad. Reese is unfazed. He kept getting calls, but you just silenced them and then flipped the phone over. Finally, they have sex. Oh, yeah. It was, it was good. <laughs> it was fun. It was exciting and new and different. And I had been with the same guy for so long. I was stoked to be out there. So when he said sleep over, I was like, sure. Okay, I'll sleep over. I'm not driving home. Dylan wasn't going to drive home drunk. And Reese lived closer to her work. So she was happy to crash at his place. It's the next morning and Dylan's up bright and early. I'm like getting ready to go to work the next morning. He gets up, goes to the bathroom and I'm alone in his room. The bathroom was not attached to the bedroom. So Dylan wasn't sure when Reese was coming back. A few times during the night, he was talking to me about different books. And so I looked at his bookshelf when I was in his room. I was like, is this guy full of shit? Is he actually reading East of Eden? She's standing at the bookshelf when one book immediately catches her eye. There's a bright blue book that's sitting front and center and it says, how to be a young father. So I pick it up and I'm like sitting on the, the foot of his bed and I open up the book and the front cover says, dear Reese, hope this is helpful. And I'm like, hope this is helpful. And he comes in to the room at that exact moment. And he looks at me, looks at the book. I look at the book. I look at him. And he's like, uh, what are you, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, um, do you have a kid? And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I do. And I was like, okay, how many kids do you have? And he's like, I have one. I'm like, okay, cool. How old are they? And I was like, she was born yesterday. Dylan is stunned. Yesterday? And he's like, yeah, yesterday. And I'm like, hold on, why were you out with me yesterday? And he was like, well, you know, I was working. I'm like, well, yeah, you left work. You left your shift. So I feel like that's a pretty important thing to be there for. And he's like, I didn't think you would judge me. At this point, Dylan decides it's time to go. She's heard enough. But Reese begs her not to leave, telling her that he can really see a future with her. The fact that he was becoming a dad in those moments is just so cringe to me. The idea that someone's dad was like, doing all of that while they're born just it just doesn't sit well i don't want to be judgmental but i'm like what the fuck dude grow up if you're wanting to be a young father grow the fuck up you have one you can't just like start new with me that was what was weird it felt like he like wanted to start new with me suddenly all of reese's questioning from the night before comes flooding back to dylan and she just wants to remove herself from this mess but again Reese is pleading with her not to leave. He was like, no, you don't need to leave. Like, let's talk about this. And I was like, oh, there's actually really nothing to talk about. Like, last night was fun. And um, thank you. <laughs> Reese reassures Dylan that he's not with his daughter's mother and that they've broken up, which does little to assuage Dylan's feelings. She tells him, You should be supporting her in this time of your child being born, even if, like, you're not together. It's like, maybe don't 
fuck a girl you just met the night your daughter's being born rather than like being at the hospital. In a last ditch effort, Reese changes tactics. He was gaslighting me into being the villain, saying that I was so put off that he has a kid. And I kept repeating to him that I could care less if you have a kid. People have children. That's not what this is. It's the fact that your child was born while we were hooking up and you were getting multiple, multiple phone calls and texts and just silencing and quieting them and acting like it's no big deal because of the potential you saw in our relationship. Eventually, Dylan leaves. I also walked out very quickly, so I have a shirt of his. Well, I stole it, basically. You always take something. It was green, it was great. She gets to work and tells her coworkers, who are just as disturbed as she is. <gasps> Eight hours later, Dylan is walking to her car when she spots a single red rose on her windshield. And I was like, oh dear God, I hope this was a homeless man who left this on my windshield. Nope, found me on Instagram, told me all about the rose he left on my car and how he wants to talk to me again. Dylan calls Reese and tells him that she is not interested in speaking to him again and that she would like this back and forth to stop. And then he started going on about a whole spiel about how I would be a really good mother and how he could see me fitting into him and his daughter's life. But he didn't want to tell me about her too soon because then that would put a roadblock in mine and his relationship. Dylan is beside herself. You met me for the first time that night, and then you saying the next day that you think that I could be a good mother to your daughter is fucking crazy. Like, why? You don't know me. You don't know anything about me. You don't know my middle name. You don't even know where I grew up. She blocks Reese's number and blocks him on Instagram and tries to put this terrible one-night stand behind her. But over the next, like, three weeks, got, like, a couple different DMs saying, hey, I'm Reese's buddy, heard about you, he misses you, and says you look really good. Like, continually. So she blocks those accounts until another one pops up. Five months later, she meets her husband. But the DMs never stop. And I get them to this day. It's been eight years. Eight? Eight years. We had one night. I don't get it. And I will randomly, once a year, get a DM from another buddy saying, hey, you look great. Reese thinks you're looking well. I'm like, what the fuck? So if you look at my Instagram and see the people are blocked, it's all of his friends. It's fucking wild. When asked if she has any advice to listeners, Dylan says this. Guys, always use protection. PSA, please. I don't care. I was on birth control, but I'm like, I don't know you. Please put on a condom. When asked if she has a message for Reese, I hope you have a good relationship with your kid. And I hope you take it a little bit slower with your feelings with new friends. But also tell your friends to lay off me. I get it. You think my photos are cute. Very flattering. Move on. It's been eight fucking years. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of Dylan's first and last 
One Night Stand. Holy moly. Where to start? I mean... Wait, do you take things? I don't take things. I... No. Okay, so I will say I've I've only had... Last night I was trying to like see if I remember having more than one night stand. Yeah. I'm sure there were like hookups and things, but I actually think I've never... I've, I've acquired things from people I do see again. Like if I've had to wear a shirt out of there because what I was wearing the night before was like too formal or something, then like fine. But like they'll get it back. Like <laughs> my, my right, style we'll is a it. lot better than theirs, frankly. <laughs> I love that. And also, you know, who has enough closet space for sweaters? It's usually a sweater, right? A sweatshirt or something. I will totally wear whatever I was wearing. Really? Oh, okay. Well, my gosh, I've been picked up. (laughs) Granted, I grew up in LA. So you've seen it all. My (laughs) teens and early 20s were also spent in clubs in Los Angeles. And I would wake up. You weren't the only girl walking home in this outfit. I was not the only girl walking home in that outfit. And I would look insane. But I kind of was just like, whatever. We all know what's happening here. Like, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Exactly. You had a good night. I yeah. mean, yeah, I don't know. I am um, that you always take something of like, I'm trying to think if there was anything I would want to have taken the one night stand that I do remember very clearly because it was it was such a choice. It was like my birthday and I was in a foreign country. Oh, nice. <laughs> and I, I was leaving the next day. So it was like, oh, yeah, this is a done deal. It was the only English guy. It was an English guy at an all. We were in Paris. So everyone was speaking French except for him. And I'm like, well, (laughs) he's the guy. Process of elimination. You're the only one I can speak to. Exactly. I'm like, everyone else is going to correct my French. So he he clearly was like a nepotism baby. We went back to his place. It was a very (laughs) nice place for someone who was 22. A trustafarian. Yeah, totally. Uh, And I probably could have taken like Vegemite or something. Like he had like that kind of crap at his house. Also, for this to be her only one night stand. Hmm. You'd like taking things from your boyfriends that you're yeah, giving back yeah. to them in yeah. a box. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, wait, how do you define a one night stand? I think it really is the time frame because yeah. I think there were people that I've had casual sex with insofar as we weren't an official item where like it would have been considered cheating if the other person was like seeing someone else, mm-hmm. but we were very communicative about it. But it was like, we're hooking up as friends and like we respect each other enough to be honest about what's happening here. And like, it is casual insofar as if somebody else shows up and I'm I'm also in that <laughs> with them, then that's fine. But a one night stand really is like, I think it has to be decided at the end of the night that it's never happening again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, I think okay. you have to have made that choice or someone else has made that choice. But I think with casual sex, you really never know. You never know if it's over. There's more of a gray area. Yeah. And it could always start back up again. In, in my that's experience, true. I've like had years in between and it's like, well, I guess since we've already done it. <laughs> Very little pressure. I was thinking, actually, a lot of my one night stands are end up circling back. Yeah. They end up becoming repeat customers. (laughs) Well, I think that that's just true about, I mean, frankly, men. I think, like, if you wait long enough, they're like, no one, you were right about me. (laughs) (laughs) You were right about me. And if you're available, I would love to see you. That's, uh, That's kind of the vibe. Well, what's your stance on a one night stand? Are you pro or against it? I mean, okay, so I, for myself, I'm kind of anti because I think that I am the kind of person who will overthink things. I'm not a monogam, like I'm not a serial monogamous in so far as I don't have a lot of boyfriends. I've had a few, but I think that the, it's very stressful to me (laughs) to have to be like, I don't know. I, maybe I'm a weird sex person. (laughs) I don't think you're a weird sex person. I think actually what you're saying is very common. And my stance is way more liberated, probably (laughs) well less common, but that's why I want to hear. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like when I think about a night where it's probably, it's probable that I will have sex and I'm not sure if I'm going to see that person again, I think I do a lot of preparation. I want to be waxed, (laughs) you know, like there's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, I want to present my best self. (laughs) 
And I might think, I introduce you to laser? Yeah, I know. I mean, does it work for dark skin yet? Yeah, maybe. I think so. <laughs> also, what if we need it in the future? Like, what if they do try to solve global warming and then it just like, you like know, snow bush? piercer and then it's too cold and we're all outside and, we don't, and I'm going to be like, wow, it's frozen down there. <laughs> I just think we don't know if we're going to need what the hair. What a take. You know, it's sort of like. This is stupid and a dumb tangent, but I think about that with Egyptian embalming and like when they take all the stuff out of the mummies, I'm like, you don't know if you're going to need that in the afterlife. Like oh. you show up and you don't have eyes. Like what was the point? A month from now, I'm going to wake up at three in the morning and be like, I need my eyeballs. <laughs> Wait, so why do you feel like you have to be waxed pre one night stand or pre sex? I have a thing about hair in my mouth. <laughs> so if somebody's going down there, I'm just trying to do like, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated. Okay. I do not like hair in my mouth I don't and not even like just generally the kind of people who are like oh there's a hair in my food and they just are fine and they move on and keep eating I'm like that ruined my day I'm gagging for Absolutely like the next hour I have not. memories of it and then I'm like, <laughs> like it's just too much like the wretch the yeah exactly if somebody wretched after being downstairs <laughs> on me I think that would require years of therapy so I'm just like let's just take care that is so wild because I don't give a fuck I know but I'm also I'm I think I am like <laughs> it's just like everything about sex to me is gross it's pleasurable in reality and in theory but there are things that I'm like if I think about it too much what we're doing is disgusting <laughs> is there anything else that you do to prep I just feel like I try not to eat onions or garlic that day because I'm one of those people where it really does sit in my tongue and pours <laughs> until the middle of the I'm night the and it's like here it comes <laughs> yeah what about emotional mental prep I think that like I I am actually very liberated in that way. Like, I don't have any guilt about it because I'm like, oh, I know I'm going to die one day. And my on my deathbed, at no point will I be like, can't believe on my 29th birthday, <laughs> I was in Paris and I had sex with a dude that I met at a bar called Dirty Dicks. It's not going to come up. Oh, like, I have way... What a great name. I don't, I don't think I have many regrets in life, but certainly none of them are, like, sex-related at this point. <laughs> yeah. So it your aversion to not having sex with strangers doesn't have to do with the emotional hangover. Yeah. Also, like, I'm just... I'm in my 30s, I don't really go out often. Yeah. And so like, if I do, a lot of times it is spontaneous. It's somebody being like, I'm around. And I'm like, look, I've been wearing the same underwear all day. It's that kind of thing where I'm like, I didn't shower before this. I just... Okay, it's a hygiene thing. It is. I just don't want to be gross. Oh my God. I <laughs> like, love that I'm o I'm over here like, yeah, I eat ass. I mean, <laughs> and you're like, I won't even, I won't even have sex with you if I don't have clean underwear. Yeah, if a man told me that he wanted to eat my ass, I would, I would have to talk him out of it. <laughs> really yeah I'd be like I, maybe in a month like we the, the prep that needs to go into that is honestly not that long because people talk about I think I think people do talk is the problem and so I'm like okay. I would never if it ever got back to me that somebody thought I smelled bad or there was like she had a poopy butt <laughs> I would have to move to like Epstein Island <laughs> where no one wants Epstein to live because no one Island. would visit me no one would visit me oh Aquila <laughs> I'd be banished to the moon like I can't that is Have funny that, that you say <laughs> that you say people talk. One of my one night stands is this guy who I refer to as the ball crusher. So <laughs> we met out at a party and I guess we hit it off. I don't really remember this at, at this point, but I know that he was coming over to my place and I remember it was daytime and he shows up on a crotch rocket and I was like, Ooh. yeah, is that a yes? Strike one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, so you have a death wish type. <laughs> I was like, oh, this isn't even like a cool motorcycle. This is like a, this like is the a midlife crisis. Cycle. Electric bike. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then he showed up in a Jersey. Mm. 
a sleeveless jersey that kind of had was like made of netting. Was there a shirt underneath? The- no. Yeah. <laughs> and he had so much chest hair, which I did not realize I was not into until it was happening. And he was in my living room and I don't remember us talking, but I remember me doing some mental math and going, I don't think I'm as into this guy as I was the other night. But I kind of was like, whatever, let's just let's just see. Yeah. Because sex is fun. And I have the mentality of like, have fun. I'm going to get mine. Yeah. But because we had mutual friends and people talk, I was like, let's just have this be a thing that we don't discuss. Like, I would rather keep this between us. Yeah. So we hook up and we're having sex and I'm on top of him. And at one point, this man lets out a shriek that can be best described as like, you know when whales are crying <laughs> no. underwater? Yeah. It was like it was like if Free Willy had been hit by a car. <laughs> this man it, like Jesus. let out this ungodly shriek yeah. and pushed me. He like levitated me off of his dick, threw me against Jeez. the wall. And at first I was like, I, I was so shocked. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. And he just kept screaming, get off me, get off me. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. And I couldn't figure out what was happening. Whoa. His testicles had gotten twisted into a knot, which I didn't even know was a thing. Also, like, I'm pretty sure you didn't do that. No, of course I didn't do that. Of course I didn't do that. his balls. No, of course I didn't do that. And this man is screaming, like shrieking. And then he gets up and he goes to the bathroom and he's screaming, screaming. Of course, I'm in the other room like, (laughs) because when I get uncomfortable, I laugh, which is a terrible trait to have. Yeah. (laughs) Funny then. Well, who do you think immediately went and talked to all of our friends and said that he fucked me? Of course. This guy. I'm like, sir. Yeah. Like, I don't think you want that story getting out there since you screamed and cried because your your balls started twisting up. (laughs) It was the weirdest. That's not the brag. Like that. Yeah. This is not the flex that you think it's going to be. Yeah. But I do think that's something more in your 20s and in your 30s. I feel like. people care a lot less about casual sex yeah what are your thoughts on like can women fuck like men well that is such a broad question because it's like are we saying men can fuck any kind of way they want because i'm like then yeah (laughs) i think objectively yes i think sex is very abstract i think people can do whatever they want across the board Right. I see a lot of stuff on the interwebs about female empowerment and then toxic feminism. Mm -hmm. And lately I've been seeing a lot about um, high value women. Oh my God. High value men. Yes. And a lot of it comes back to this weird withholding sex is like a power tactic. Yeah. Or that your your vagina loses value the more people you fuck. But I'm like, if dicks are lowering the value of vaginas, <laughs> then why would any woman self-owned. fuck a man? Right? Exactly. Like, my dick is so messed up <laughs> that you are worth less than you were before you met me it's so weird we also have a crisis of lonely men so a lot of what we will hear is lonely men who are lashing out because it couldn't possibly be them right so whose fault is it that they're lonely and it's like oh well it's these beautiful women who are having sex with low value men because they're also having lots of sex i'm like if the value is in you being sad (laughs) then i understand why people aren't you know, chomping at the bit to right. get to you. Well, it's yeah, it, it's like lions aren't worried that they're bunnies. Right, right. And I also just want to make the point that it's very weird to care about the value of others. How do you communicate or how do you know if you're having a one night stand? In the one instance that I can remember, I'm sure there are others. The way that I knew was, well, for one, I was definitely leaving the next day. <laughs> so I'm like, listen, That'll I don't live in this it. country, so I'm pretty sure <laughs> this is the end of it. Um, but... 
I think it's usually the spontaneous times that I'm with somebody that it's like, there's a chance that this might be something more, but probably not. I don't think that I live in a a city or even a culture, really, where casual things often turn into something more serious. I think if you go into something with the intention to date someone, a lot of times it doesn't come from having sex with them that you realize that. And so it's like, if I'm horny and I'm out, then I'm like, well, we we can probably have sex tonight. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. I mean, point. I think that's like the easiest thing on the planet. Yeah. To do it, and it's like, I think like I don't need a red flag for it to be a one night stand because I don't know that I'm ne- I don't really look for so many more new friends, I guess is my point. <laughs> so it's like, unless you're like really in there, or we make a plan before. I'm assuming that that's what it's going to be. What about dates where you've had sex on the first date? Actually, OK, so this wasn't a one night stand, but I, a time I had sex on the first date. I knew that it was going to be more than that because we knew each other before that night. Mm. Like for me, it really is about like, how well do I know this person? Like even great sex is not for me a great base to grow from because I'm like, oh, well, then that's all I'm going to want to do. Like the moment you start talking, I'm like, can we just have sex again? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Huh. I feel like I'm the opposite where I'm like, if we have great sex, I'm like, great. Check that off the list. Like now we're we're way closer to finding a match because I don't know. I think there's a real epidemic when it comes to dicks. Yeah. There's like a it's I mean, I think it's just a hard time for everyone to date. Like in a lot of ways, I do feel sorry for men because I think they're in a generation of really exceptional women. And like, I think it coming from a a group of people who've not really been asked to be exceptional, (laughs) Mm. at least not like in a romantic sense or like a dating sense or even in a sex sense. Right. Like porn is not encouraging men to be good at sex. (laughs) It's it's just encouraging them to have a lot of it. I think that if if that was my existence, I'd probably be very scared. So on the sex topic, um, do you think that you're able to be like free and have sex with strangers? Or do you think that you're able to have better sex once you know someone? I think the sex is better when you know someone. And I think it's because for one, you can make jokes. You can like laugh. I think that like sex is just fun and funny. And even when it's hot, like afterwards, you still have to kind of look at each other and talk. So like the idea of like not having even a little bit of that rapport with the person is so unattractive to me. I think it comes down to how I am often perceived, which is like, Mm. I think in this is, you know, maybe very localized when I'm like, I'm in LA, not a super black city. And so like, you know, I've hooked up with black guys here. I've hooked up with some white guys here, but the expectation of who I am as a person is not my resume or my house or my dog. Like they don't know anything about me. So it's not like, she's funny. They don't know that. So if Mm. I'm like funny, a lot of guys don't like a funny person. And I think that I'm like, I'm so much more personality based because of that, because I'm like, it takes a very special person to not make an assumption about who they're with. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
Um, I read something that said girls define funny as like if you can make them laugh and guys define funny as if you laugh at them. I definitely have had the experience where, you know, I'm hooking up with somebody I, I just met and I make some joke where there's like a fart sound with the condom, whatever. And it, it's like I laughed at their dick. <laughs> It's like the end of the world for them. And I'm like, like I've also yeah. laughed a lot during sex and it does tend to they're like, what's to it? What's so funny? I'm like, men off. oh, wow. I'm like, the like, whole thing. This whole thing is funny. Yeah, like, I think I tend to build intimacy with strangers before I have sex with them yeah. in a weird way. I've had a lot of fun and, and, and there's something very freeing to me about a one night stand or about people that I have sex with that I don't know very well. I feel like I'm able to try new things yeah, that's fair. or be experimental in ways that sometimes is harder once you're locked into a relationship with a person. Granted, that's on me because you should be able to grow with your partners. But for me, it's always been easier with people I don't know as well. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Aww. Oh, look at us. <laughs> Talking about sex. <laughs> Talking about sex. What are your rules for a one night stand? Okay. My rules for a one night stand are you can't go to like a third location. So like uh, there were red flags in this story where I'm like, okay, so you've already been at this one bar. Now you're at a second bar where his friends are. Now you're in this like living room. I feel like the, the living room, I think they should have went straight to the sex, frankly, because that it's weird to me to have 17 dates before <laughs> Like in a night. I think you just got to decide and then go do the thing. I'd be like, oh, we have common ground. Yeah. We have some little inside jokes. There's a report here like, <laughs> he I'm never going to see you again. <laughs> the baby? The baby of it all. Who the, has the baby that day? <laughs> the, the phone going Trifling. off? Garbage. Are you kidding? I The fact that it wasn't the work is also sus. I'm like, do you even work there? <laughs> Like, shouldn't somebody have called you about that too like it, it seems like you're falling down on a lot of obligations a lot of obligations it's just like very trifling but I, I think one location before we decide to go you don't stay the no, night I don't why well I think it's like for one uh it's easier to like sort of just escape in the morning or like in the middle of the night because it's like you know uber's cheaper oh do you just <laughs> ghost no I'm just like hey so this was fun like I actually should probably go back and I I do blame Fauci you know <laughs> like I'm like oh, oh gotta go walk dog my dog is the <laughs> ultimate excuse slash cock walk it is endlessly like I'm like uh you know my dog's at home he's he needs me to walk him he's gonna pee <laughs> and they're like okay I get it I guess um so yeah I try not to stay and it's also like I don't like not brushing my teeth in the morning like I don't like not having my stuff i'm a person with very sensitive skin i'd like to wash the makeup off mm, <laughs> like mm, mm. i i want to be able to brush my teeth i wear a bonnet on this hair you know i'm trying to keep it like yes. a lot, i need my creature comforts and i don't come prepared with those for like a one night stand see i used to hairspray the face so that the makeup would stick wow um, but your pores what i mean they're so good i have the good products because i'm obsessed with skincare i also have the genetics yeah. but yeah, I would only buy super cheap spanks or things that I could ditch. The little toothbrush oh, yeah. things that yeah. you could like the one one away, so, like to. throwing those in there. It, those are of the utmost importance and I never have those. And I'm like, if I have a dick near my mouth, <laughs> I'm not, I can't even use, like if I go home, that toothbrush is getting replaced. Like I don't want to put that on the dick toe. <laughs> I don't want to. So germs are like a real thing I, for you. I Yes. And it's, I think I just grew up in a family that was very anti like bodily fluids, all of that sort of stuff. It was just gross. Like it was always the end of the world if somebody sneezed and they didn't cover their mouth. And that's fair. My mom's a little bit of a germaphobe. I also am just like, I hate being sick. I hate and I don't want 
I think it's like I don't want to remember it really that well is the truth. It's like I don't want to be like, and then there was a dig in my mouth. Like in the morning and taste it. I'm like, I want to I want to just be like, that happened. That was good. <laughs> now we're that myself again. wild. Like I'm another person when I get home and shower and brush my teeth and everything. I'm like, okay, that was just like a, that was like a whole other me. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm a trash bag. I mean, I'm a literal trash bag. I've done things where like the first time I've had sex with guys, I've been on my period. I've never done it. Really? I've never done it. In fact, one time I did it like two days after my period and there was still like that stuff and it was like all the gun and I was like, no. <laughs> I just like, I like literally was like, I'll get it. I just like went and got like a tissue and I was like, ah. like Whoa. This is so crazy. That yeah, is wild. I don't know. I mean, you know what it is, is that like, there's so many things. One, I'm Southern and like, I think that mm. like the South is still very repressed even if we're not religious. But sure. also my mom had a baby when she was 17 and that baby grew up to be an incredible person. But I, it, there was just so much don't have sex in my life when I was okay, a teenager. Yeah. And then I'm like, once I was an adult, I think I was just so self-conscious in the Abercrombie era of America that I was like, if I'm not going to be skinny, I can't have hair. Like, you know, like there's, right. I have to do something right to fit into this mold. And so I think there's probably still some latent. There's shame. Be, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that it's just like you don't want to show up in a way that you look back on and regret. And it's like, mm. I, I think that I do want to have a highlight reel in my stupid fucking <laughs> mind of my life being like, yeah, I looked great then and I smelled good. So if he didn't have a good time, it was probably not that. But you know what you could just do? <laughs> just not care. Edit the highlight reel. <laughs> That's a good point. Everybody's like, editing their highlight reels. That's a good point. Just go back in there and edit those memories. Yeah, I'm like, I smelled good. <laughs> I smelled so good. Honestly, I think it's such a bitch move when guys, I'm like, I've never been the turned idea down of, in bed. Yeah. The <laughs> ideas of weird smells or any of that. I mean, like most of it is pretty normal yeah. above board. Yeah. And I think a lot of these ideas are marketing. Yeah. I feel like my number one uh, tip for a one night stand is making sure you're on the same page. That's yeah. That's actually a good point. Intention. Yeah. And I think that in this story, it was very clear that she was like, well, the red flag of it all was like, she was like, I keep trying to tell him that this is just, you know, not going to be more than this. And he's just introducing more characters and now they're in another location. Now there's a baby. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's just too many other people involved. She was like trying to make an episode of TV and he was over here and make an avatar. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was like, so now that I found you and she's like, I wasn't looking. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not into it at all. Also, I am not a religious person, but I do feel like that was divine intervention. Yeah. I mean. Finding that book. Wow. Crazy crazy but also that it's that day that is just the scummiest up like does that man not have shame i think shame in doses is actually right yeah like i think like you should be shamed out of bad behavior like that's bad behavior okay other tips for one night stands i feel like i see and hear a lot about women regretting it yeah the next day oh and i think a lot of times it's because they didn't get off or they felt like they didn't really want to do it yeah and it's such a weird thing where like then don't yeah yeah, but they don't want to contribute to the recession. <laughs> they don't. They're like, I'm doing my part. The sex economy. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's funny, too. I just I want to keep coming back to what you said about this, um, like the sex recession and high value men and women, because I think it's all a scapegoat for the fact that like a lot of women don't want to fuck a lot of men. And then like a lot of women are like happy to try things. And some of those guys are just not on the benefit you know, they're not benefiting. Like Mm. they're just not the ones being chosen. I'm like, so how can you be high value? (laughs) Where's the value? Like you're not being chosen. And like, you know, if this is capitalism we're talking about, like supply and demand, (laughs) seems to be a lot of supply. That's very true. No demand. (laughs) I'm like, this is, I mean, dicks are (laughs) abundant. (laughs) 
They're just growing like weeds. Yeah. What do you think is more intimate, sex or oral sex? Oral sex. Really? Why? Oh, my God, yeah. Well, because always I was like, look at me. I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh, you don't want to make eye contact. I don't mind it, but I don't want them to tell me to do it. <laughs> I think that there's something about, see, I'm so giggly. This is how I am in sex. This is why I'm like, you know. I need to know that person. Me, I'm like laser focused. Yeah, you're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I mean, I just feel like, you know, I'm working my way there. (laughs) I'm also just, uh, I'm going to sound like such a prude by the end of this, but I'm going to be so honest about myself. If I have to, (laughs) if I have to suck dick. Oh, right. I know what you're going to say because we've had this conversation. This is iconic. I... I'm, I think about Christmas <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, this is fine. This is not disgusting. I love presents. Oh, it's such a warm feeling. And so I'm like, it's just like, I have to think about literally something else because I'm like, this is terrible. Like, I want to do a stand-up joke about it. Maybe I'll workshop it here. But people are mad at sex workers for charging for sex and like blowjobs and things. And I'm like, I'm actually mad at the people who aren't charging because because these bitches are doing it for free. <laughs> Now I have to do it for free and I don't want to. <laughs> like I should be getting paid. It's gross. <laughs> it's not for me. So that's how I feel. I So yeah, I mean, to be clear, the oral sex is incredibly, like I do believe I should be owed money. I, it's a sacrifice. Every time I'm like, <laughs> like I'm, the, when I meet a man who's like, I absolutely don't want you to put your face near my dick, I'm having them his kids that day. Like I refuse. I, I don't want to be 50 years old with bad knees. <laughs> still out here thinking about Christmas okay I just want to move on I am (laughs) she's literally crying I am weak (laughs) I'm sweating and I've been trying to hold back tears this whole time (laughs) we are we could not be more different I I mean it's uh, God bless you though that that makes me laugh so hard. I mean, the truth is I aspire. I would like to be more comfortable mm-hmm. in those situations because I do start gagging them and like, dudes like that. That's what's worse. Cause I'm like, no, like I'm actually going to barf on your dick. <laughs> Cause the whole time I'm like, oh yeah. Like you pee from this. Like my brain can't not think about the reality of the situation. <laughs> like these have been in pants all day in like open rooms with other men's dicks out peeing. And then I'm supposed to just be like, okay, put it in my mouth. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> don't want it. I feel like Akila is going to I'm the lowest value woman. <laughs> single-handedly ruin blowjobs for a generation of I women. think so, too. I'm like, if you haven't ever thought about this, just don't think <sighs> about it too long. Because, like, every time I, I just become a science expert, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. is it, I guess there's something weird about me where I just don't care. And <laughs> it's not weird. Like, I think it's just na- it's nature. I think that I am overthinking like I need to be tranquilized no no (laughs) I was recently into a guy and found out that he has crazy OCD over bodily fluids it's a thing for him with sex which is great for me because I immediately was like wow magically I'm not attracted to you anymore like biggest boner killer for me (laughs) I literally was like Like he's like if you're gonna be wet down there that's the end of the world truly and I was like well it's the Sahara right now but yeah <laughs> you're like don't worry uh, We're <laughs> but yeah I think like for me I, I there's a part of it where like my brain it really depends on the person and the mood whatever but like my brain switches and then I'm like the nastier the better oh, I mean that's I I do love that for you I, <laughs> the whole time I'm like I'm gonna have to look this person in the eye after <laughs> The problem is the next time I give a blowjob, I'm going to be thinking about no, Akila, thinking about Christmas. Yeah, and just laughing on his dick, and he's going to be mad. Laughing on his dick. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this 
is this is actually my opus. Like people think that I'm a smart and reasonable person, but really I'm just my revolution is teaching women. Like we should be getting <laughs> we should be getting paid. Yes. What are we doing for free? Oh my god. Like gosh. I could go get it. I'm like, then go get it. <laughs> then go get it. Please find someone younger than me with the stamina and the gumption. <laughs> oh wow. This is amazing. What about receiving? Oh, here's the thing. I don't think I've had a guy who was really great at it, but mm. I also am like happy to cut it out the moment I'm like, this isn't working. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to waste the time. Dudes won't be like that. They're like, no, why don't you try this? I'm like, what? why don't we just not do it anymore? Yeah. <laughs> what if yeah. we all just accept that this was a failure and let's like, <laughs> go on to the old fashioned? <laughs> I know. I, I did not. Re- I thought I just wasn't into oral sex for the longest time yeah. until I had someone do it who was good. I do think, though, that like if we're planning that, I do like to do a quick wipe beforehand. It doesn't have to be the, like a big deal, but I'm like, I, underwear is gross. It's just, it's catching sweat and stuff. If I left here right now, I've been laughing and sweating. Like, I'd be like, uh, you know, maybe I should go home and wipe. Oh my gosh. Also, I like, mean, it gives sure. you an opportunity to fart because it's like, I don't want to fart. During sex? <laughs> I mean, during like someone oral, like going down on me. Oh, yeah, that would be. That would suck. And that would be the whole story for him. <laughs> you know and- what I mean? We couldn't remember how wonderful the vagina was and how like clean she was. It'd be like, she farted. Because I got pink eye. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I just, I, I like to have a little bit of prep. Like, even if we're making out on the couch, we're about to go have sex. I'm like, let me go to the bathroom for like one minute. Sure. I yeah. think that's really common. I think most people do that. Yeah. Oh, dudes, really, if you're listening, you could just wipe it. You wipe could do, it. like, get one, get a washcloth, like, buy washcloths. <laughs> I know you don't have them. Yeah. I've been near your shower. It's like six for a dollar. Yeah. Like, and just get it damp and wipe it off. That is such a courtesy. Yeah, we really tackled that. Holy, <laughs> holy moly. Yeah, like this podcast is actually just about Akila having to be very honest about well, her aversion. To blowjobs. Yeah, I think they're and, horrible. And Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is just the most pleasant thing I can think of at any given moment. Well, I was going to ask you, have one night stands gotten better with age? But I, they've gotten fewer, I think. I, and I think also the pandemic has really been my guy. <laughs> like, thank God for the pandemic. Because you just haven't had to see anyone. Well, yeah, there's no pressure to find someone tonight because I'm like, well, they probably have COVID. Oh, my God. I've absolutely made myself into a Disney princess that can't, <laughs> can't do these things. I just think it's fascinating to me that it, it comes from the the kind of gross bodily yeah. angle and not the I feel bad about myself. No, or I, feel I think like, like I'm I, a gift for sure. They should be so grateful. I just feel like... I love that. Yeah, I just also feel like, uh, is it worth the the gross out? And sometimes if I have really good chemistry with somebody, that goes away. In a relationship, I'm not always thinking about Christmas. <laughs> with like a rando, the first time we're thinking about Christmas, if you're making me do it, like, can we just, oh, wow. just do regular like penetrative sex? <laughs> can we just do that? Okay, well, that is... Yeah, I know. I'm I think that you might be more normal than you think. I also was old when I lost my virginity. <laughs> I so, uh, How old were you? 23 or 24, old. but like well, just I think in terms of my friends, I think a lot of them were before high school or before college like mm-hmm. looking for that and having sex and even I I had graduated from college by that point. Mm-hmm. So I did feel I felt like a very late bloomer in that regard. So I think that you know, maybe I'm still in my teen years of being awkward about it and then in my 40s when sex gets really good for women, I hear <laughs> You'll be like, exactly. I'm like, now I'm in my 30s, actually. <laughs> yeah, I feel like one night stands have gotten better. Yeah, I've gotten older. Yeah, I think it all comes down to just me being knowing better my too. body better and better being, cho- taste, better taste. Mm, 
I think I communicate better and I'm clear about my intentions. And I also know when to cut my losses. And I'm a lot more communicative when we're having sex. So that way it doesn't feel like it's this thing that I did that didn't benefit me in any way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the thing is like, we're all just so busy. It's like, is this going to add to my life or is this going to be a problem? And now I'm like, pretty much most of it is a problem. You're having a one night stand. How do you get somebody to leave? Well, I don't really have that problem. <laughs> they, they ask for a blowjob and Akil's like, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, exactly. They're like, she started like humming a Christmas song. <laughs> it's weird. When to not have a one night stand? I think when you are trying to get over someone, but it's very fresh, that is only going to make you feel worse. Recipe for disaster. And you are not going to get over that other person, is the truth. I don't think that you get over the person in a day by fucking one person. Even if it is like Dua Lipa, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter who the person is. It's like, that's a story in your life, but it is not the emotional damage that you're trying to get over. So I do believe there is something to getting back out there, but I don't think that one night stands are necessarily that path, at least not in my experience. I can't use other people to get over other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I agree. That's, that's maybe the biggest one. And then also just make sure someone knows where you are if you're not coming back home because I don't listen to true crime, but true crimes happen. <laughs> True crimes happen. Yeah, they're yeah. out here. I share my location with several people. Yeah. I don't know how to turn off my lift thing that tells people that I'm getting in a lift. So all the time, my friends on the East Coast are like, oh, you had a late night. <laughs> Stop looking at You're it. You're like, damn. <laughs> Cut it out. Yeah. I also think you shouldn't have a one night stand if you're pretty drunk which is weird because I think that's when most people do it and there's no judgment on that unless it's your birthday and you're in Paris (laughs) (laughs) and you made that plan but I do hear you yeah I think that like you should be able to make decisions and like I mean I don't know how you don't barf if you have a dick in your mouth if you're that drunk I'm just being honest I'm like so you're gonna be hitting my gag reflex and I'm just supposed to pretend that you don't pee out of this yawn (laughs) yawn that helps yeah no one told me this well I'm telling you this (laughs) I've never heard this. I literally have a spray that numbs my throat if they're coming to my house because I'm like, I actually can't. I will. I'll start gagging and they'll think it's hot. So then they'll like keep and I'm like, no, the, the Cheerios are coming. <laughs> you, you have don't a, with a numbing spray yeah. for giving blowjobs. Yeah, it's the best. I, I would say that this is the holy grail of sex for me. When I found Could it. Could they sponsor this podcast? I hope that they do because I will tell you like that is. I wish in my younger years someone had told me because I'm like, man, I'm just going to. Wait, that's fucking bonkers. (laughs) I've never heard of that. But also, can't you just try to yawn? See, I literally just gag. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) How do you like try to yawn? There you go. The back of your throat's open. But I mean, then I'm yawning about his boring dick in his face. Oh, Lord. Rory, there's just too many things to consider. Okay. You know what? You're like, I can't fix it. We can get into this at dinner. I think I actually have to have another. I have to come back on the show. You have to get to the bottom of what's wrong with me. I'm incredibly flattered that you invited me here, though. That's that's (laughs) legit. (laughs) Okay. So let's say somebody has a one night stand and they regret it. How do you bounce back from that? I mean, I think you just, in my approximation, you just do something that makes you feel good. I don't think there's like a sex answer so much as like, I think what I would do if I didn't feel good about it is try to go hang out with my friends or like play Fortnite (laughs) with my friends. Like I would just try to make time for me so that I'm not, I don't know, just sitting and thinking about it. For me, the thing that helps me the most is isolate the why. Mm -hmm. Why exactly do I feel bad? Is Mm -hmm. it because I feel like I've been rejected by this guy or is it because I betrayed my own boundaries? Is it because I am somehow feeling less than or worthless or whatever? 
And and then if you can figure that out, then you can get to the root of, oh, well, that's a story that I've told myself or a myth or a whatever. And then Mm -hmm. it's easier to kind of get over that. So I feel like my go to is just I always try to figure out the why. Yeah, I I wouldn't be like, you deserve to feel bad. So just treat yourself as as you would treat the people you love. Yeah. I don't think that you have to hold yourself to a different standard. They would they they're not going to judge you either. The shame spiral. And by the way, if they do judge you, they're not. That's yeah. not the person you need Those in your life. Those people suck, man. They're, that's weird. Do you keep a list of all the guys you hooked up with? No, and I kind of wish I had. <laughs> I know because I'm like I actually I there are people where I'm like I don't know if we hooked up or if we thought about it. Bro, ditto. Yeah. And that's a kind of a weird place to be sometimes. But I started I think, yeah. a list and was like, oh, really wish I had done this earlier because yeah. now it's guy who spilled wine on your floor on accident. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, straight up. This came from TikTok. I broke up with my boyfriend six months ago. It was a bad relationship with a lot of toxic patterns, but I'm still not over him. I miss him so much. How do I get over him and stop feeling so sad? This came from Katie on TikTok. I am the kind of person, this is a horrible truth about me. I will just linger in that sadness Mm. and like missing them and the thoughts of how close we were and the texts. I never delete the texts. Like it's that sort of stuff. Is that because you're a writer? Yeah, that's also part of it probably. But even before I knew that's what I was trying to do in life, I would hold on to it because it's like I remember the good times as we all do when we look back in life. We're like, that was so good. Like it felt good. But we don't look at all the bad shit. And so I think if you are a person with that sort of pattern, it really is important to get back out there and meet people. And I think even like for me, it's I don't like dating. I hate the idea of having to be something for somebody in that moment. The first time I'm meeting them, I don't like to hear about people's brothers and sisters in like a very like interview sort of setting over dinner like that. I I think you have to build your social life so that the relationship loses its power, because otherwise it's like. You have all the time on earth to be wallowing. And, you know, if you're swiping online, it's like you can come up with every reason somebody's not as good as that last guy, even though you're not with that person. I love that. I would also, if you like are in that same feed loop, write a list of all the things you didn't like. True. Come up with a mantra, whatever it is. And then anytime you're like, oh, I miss Jack or whoever it is have the mantra of I wanted to leave this or I am going to be happier. This is what I deserve, whatever, and replay it. And I put it in my notes app. And I also think, you know, if this is coming from TikTok, I assume this is a young person. I think so. I do think time heals a lot of it. So just, you know, give yourself some grace to let time just wash that person away. Yeah, I love that. Going into the rapid fire questions. What's your favorite killer move? A move that you make that always works. It can be a go-to date idea, how you get an attention, how you slide into a DM, anything. I don't have a move. The truth is I I think people hear my laugh and they're so disarmed. <laughs> That's really it. That's really you it. just flow like water. Yeah, I don't have a move. There's nothing I've done consistently. The move is no move. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Killer date versus date killers. What's your favorite thing Mm. on a date I want a long date I want a whole day date like I want to like walk around the park and feed the ducks then go see a movie then have dinner afterwards somewhere and a drink and then like go have sex like I want time quality time is a big deal for me Mm. and like I also don't have a lot of time so it's like we're both committing to spend time together it's the best way to get to know each other it's the best way to build a memory because I feel like so many of these things are so quick I don't remember them like Mm. they just kind of don't matter in the grand scheme so it's like I love that that's a killer date Date killer, I think if a man says the word females, 
I'm gone. I'm like, it's 2022. We're human beings. Like I never would say males and they would be weirded out if I did. So it's like, there's no point. And I'm like, I love that you're filming this podcast because like all the boys who film their podcasts, listen up. If you feel like you can't get women <laughs> because for whatever reason and you want to like be mad about it and you're like, these females... Stop there. That's actually like 90% of the people you'd want to be with don't want to be called that. So just grow up. Like it's it's not even cute. You don't look cool. Even your bro friends are like, I don't call my girlfriend that. <laughs> like, also, lions aren't worried yeah. that they're not lions. That's a good point. It's just so that that's yeah, the thing. It's exactly. all of it is such a self-owned. Yeah, and insecurity is the least attractive thing on earth. I okay, here's a major date killer. I was with a guy. And I wasn't laughing at a lot of his jokes because he did a lot of like dad jokes and puns. If they're like impressive puns, like I have friends who are like savant level puns where they just come out of nowhere. Like my friend the other day, we were talking about NyQuil chicken on the internet. And he was like, why did they call it NyQuil chicken and not robotusserie? I This is what we're working with. So like your cute little dad joke is just not, it's not funny enough. And I am also very funny. And I laugh at myself sometimes. And so like they get so mad. They're like, why do you laugh at yourself? You laugh at yourself more than you laugh at me. I'm like, because I'm funnier than you. <laughs> If a man is afraid that the woman is funnier than them, bye. Bye, because it's what it's going to be with me. Bye. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Like, I just, I'm not looking for a man that's funnier than me because I haven't met him yet. <laughs> I haven't met him. That, this clip is going to piss some people oh, off. Oh, I know. I can't wait. <laughs> I, they're going to be like, Akila, how can you say that? What about Dame Chappelle? <laughs> Be like, yeah, what it's about like, him? By the way, she says that, and it's like all these little troll boys get out there at their pen. Well, actually, exactly. And I'm like, oh, are these jokes? Like, are you guys showing me that you're funny now? Are you whining? Yeah, little brother well, energies, really. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. According to jokes per minute, I feel like who cares? Uh, Joe bro? Rogan once said, uh, "Yeah, exactly." My dad, Joe Rogan. Well, come on, man. He's never gonna fuck you. So anyway, yeah. It, neither is Elon Musk. Yeah, he's not even gonna give you a dollar. So, um. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. Um, weapon of choice. What's one thing that you're working on to try and improve your relationships? Like it can be romantic or it could be otherwise. Ugh, forgiveness. Mm. I was raised in a house that is very grudge friendly. <laughs> Even if people are like, fine, I'm sorry, it'll come up in a fight the next week. And it's like, then you didn't forgive me. And now like forever, I'm going to be repenting. And I know that I have a tendency to be that way. And I think it is like a defense mechanism of like, I, I don't want to be wronged by this person again. And it's also like, I think a factor of like feeling embarrassed that I was like allowed to be duped or wronged by somebody or whatever the infraction was. But like, if somebody is willing to say they're sorry, they probably mean it. So I think that I have just had to be, give a little bit more grace in relationships because I was always like, you know, my mom is always like, I can't tell her anything somebody's ever done wrong to me because she will hate that person without meeting them. Please <laughs> one do not let her listen to this podcast. No, she can't. My mom, I, I know my mom knows I've had sex, but like I, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, we can't ever address it. If I ever have a baby, it's like divine intervention. <laughs> How did this baby get here? <laughs> she had sex once. Let's just, let's leave it there. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. On that note, killer advice. What's the best dating advice you've ever been given? Mm. Best dating advice I've ever been given is be yourself. And it was actually to the end that I'm very sappy and like kind of romantic. And like, I'm always like, am I coming on too strong, whatever. And my friend was finally like, but you're not going to stop doing that. You know what I mean? Like if that is your nature and you, and that is how you love people, then you're going to find someone who loves that. So like, don't change your nature <laughs> if it's like a good thing. Like, like in terms of like playing the game or something. Yeah. I think like, you know, a lot of people are like, just go out there, meet up as many people as possible, get on the apps. And like, that works for a lot of people. But I like to fucking pine. 
and like somebody from a distance and then like the moment they break up with their girlfriend or whatever I'm like hey <laughs> here's some flowers I just I'm so proud of you and I'm happy for your life and then like you know something happens or doesn't and I used to think I'm corny or whatever so I would go after just the wrong people because I was like well you know maybe they'll they'll learn to like it and I think you just the older you get the more comfortable you are with yourself the less you're like I have to change something to be valuable here. This is not the best dating advice I've ever been given. It's just the advice I got last night. Okay. Don't ever marry someone you haven't been in a two-person canoe with. Like a real canoe? Yeah. Like gone paddling in a two-person canoe with. That that could make or break your relationship because you learn a lot about the person who is like muscling versus the person who's steering and you're trapped in a confined space. And if you don't work as a team, you won't go forward, but you could also fuck it up and flip. Yeah, that's fair. So this is a person who has been married and divorced, and she told me that. Can last I give you night. one more? Of course. Okay, this one is actually straight from my mom, and she's. <laughs> I don't know if this. She's is like, great don't advice. blow, dudes. Yeah, she's like, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> no, her advice was always be the beloved. If you don't feel like that person loves you, do not chase it. And mm. it's not like that you can't love them as much or even more. It's like if they are not as into you, or they're not like you. you there's no reason to try to change somebody's mind. Is the truth. Like, I, if they don't see the value, that is a them problem. So, like, she's like, just let people love you and you'll figure out what feels right. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, my mom's pretty good. That's great. <laughs> she's Shit. pretty good. I mean, she gave you some weird complexes around bodily That's fluids. True. But other than that, she's got some solid advice. I'm telling you. Well, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for this having me. This has been a me. very illuminating time. I know. Wow. Like, I'm going to, like, call my therapist up and be like, so I think I cracked some codes. <laughs> Hey guys, if you have a question that you would like to submit or you have a story that you would like to share, I would love to hear from you. And remember, everything is 100% anonymous. And if you like this episode, please consider liking and leaving a review. They really do help. Thanks again for listening and see you next Tuesday. Ooh.